My name is Ed Goldberg. Welcome to Author, Author, an occasional series of conversations with authors touring through Portland or whom I have reached by phone. My name is Ed Goldberg, and I have the pleasure of speaking with Mona Awad. Mona, thanks very much for speaking with us here at All Classical Portland. Oh, yeah. Thank you so much for having me. Mm-hmm. The title of your book is Bunny, and it's published by Viking. Now, before I actually get into the book, a couple of, a couple of things occurred to me. First, uh, I mean this only in the most complimentary way. There's a little bit of Shirley Jackson in this. Uh, am, I, am I wrong? Oh, no, not at all. Um, yeah, I'm I'm a huge, huge Shirley Jackson fan. I love the way that she plays. She plays with horror as kind of this, it, did it really happen? Or, you know, is it is it in your head? She's so good at walking that line, and that's a line that Bunny walks for, for a good length of the book. So. Mm-hmm. Yes, I know. Yeah, there's there's, there's, like, there's uh, some hallucinatory, uh, that's, at least that's the way I describe them to myself, passages in this book. There's also a little phrase that uh, I heard years ago that the reason that academic politics is so vicious is that the stakes are so small. There's mm-hmm. a little bit of that in this book as well. Yeah, it's so funny. You know, I mean, that's where the, that's part of the horror, too, is being in one of those settings, you know, an art school setting, an academic setting. Universities are so strange that way. You know, colleges, too, they're kind of like bubbles. And when you're inside the bubble, you just your whole sense of reality is so warped, and things take on life or death stakes that beyond like nobody cares about <laughs> beyond the bubble. You know, I, I don't know. It makes you kind of swing pretty violently in, in terms of like you know your emotions and, and when, when you wouldn't otherwise. So that the book definitely by by setting it at a college campus and by having the you know the, the main characters be these art school students who are in the really insular environment, things are able to take on more stakes than they would outside of that, outside of that world. Yeah, indeed. Now, uh, Samantha Mackey, who is your protagonist and from whose eyes we see everything happen, is a graduate student in, in a writing program. Is that is that correct? Yeah, that's right. And she's at Warren University, which bears a certain resemblance to Brown, unless I miss, I miss my guess. No, no, uh, absolutely. Uh, yeah, I, I went, I did my MFA at Brown, and you know, I was very, very struck by just the whole experience of going to that kind of school, of being in New England, of being in Providence, of seeing kind of the disparity between the the university community, which is, uh, you know, uh, very kind of very well taken care of and very moneyed and very established and. And then the, you know, the kind of sketchier, like, world of Providence, which is also very artistically rich. A lot of writers have been drawn to it. But there's a, there's a, there is kind of a, a serious social class disparity between, between the two worlds that, you know, really strikes you when you're there, or at least it struck me, and definitely served to inspire some of the more sinister um, aspects of the, uh, uh, you know, of the atmosphere and of the setting of, uh, of Bunny. Okay, one more general question before we get into the story. Have you spoken to people who've been to writers programs like at Iowa or NYU, and do they have similar feelings to you? Yeah, you know, it's it's interesting that you ask that. I mean, I, I, I have actually gone to a couple of writing programs myself. I did a Ph.D. at the University of Denver as well. And, you know, I've been part of writing communities for, for a long time that are, uh, you know, associated with colleges. And I, I mean, definitely having that experience, you do, there is a part of you that thinks, wow, this, 
is right for horror. This setting is totally <laughs> right for horror because we're in this we're in this small room, uh, you know, occluded away from our own lives. We're gathered together. We're being asked to activate our imaginations, and we're being asked to be very vulnerable at the same time. Given the fact that this is a room of creative people, probably all these people are very sensitive too. So they're sensitive, vulnerable. Uh, with, you know, active imaginations, a lot can go wrong. I mean, that's like, you know, totally dangerous territory. And I think a lot of writers and a lot of creative people who have gone to school could probably appreciate some of the anxieties and some of the some of the dangers and some of the weird kind of social dynamics and power shifts that go on in that world and that Bunny explores for sure. Well, we'll get to the buddies in one second, but uh, Samantha is, she's a graduate student. She's in a writing program. She's having a little bit of a problem actually working. And one of the reasons right. might be her friend Ava, who is what I would call right. the kind of bad influence that I was always happy to meet and I was always happy to be when I was in college. Yeah. Tell us a little bit mm-hmm. about Ava. Yeah, Ava's, you know, she's an interesting character because she's outside the world that Samantha is also outside of, but she's sold her outside. And so she's kind of a haven for Samantha, you know, because Samantha feels fundamentally that she doesn't belong in that world. And that's actually, I think, a feeling that a lot of a lot of students have when they're in college. We don't really talk about it, but there's an imposter syndrome that everyone, I think, has experienced, you know. So she's the outsider, and Ava is just like, well, forget about that. Like, don't even worry about, you know, being outside of this of this world. Just come further out with me, you know, where you'll be free. So there's like a, there's a freedom attached to Ava, and there's a closeness that the two of them share because they are both outside. But of course, Samantha, it's not enough for Samantha, ultimately, and she feels the pull back in. She wants to be accepted by the establishment. She wants to be accepted by the bunnies, much as she hates them. Yeah, we'll get to the bunnies in one second. But first, I just have to mention that Ava is not just an art school dropout, but she is a bug shelver, which is a a profession (laughs) I had not heard of. (laughs) Just give us give us a minute on bug shelving. Yeah, you know, that was actually inspired by, there's a kind of a nature lab that's part of RISD, you know, the Rhode Island School of Design. They have a nature lab there where you can see all these kind of taxidermied animals and they have a lot of, they have a lot of bugs too. And I always thought, what a calm, wonderful job it would be <laughs> to kind of just preserve and, and, and catalog, you know, these insects. So, I, yeah, I thought that would be the perfect job for somebody who had kind of given up on the establishment and just kind of wanted to, to do creative work but not have to not have to be part of that world. Yeah, people will buy you drinks to hear about that job, yeah. Right. <laughs> and then we have the bunnies. I'm not quite sure at the beginning what Samantha thinks of the bunnies, except as she sees them through Ava's eyes, and Ava is totally disgusted with these four women. Yeah. It's four women mm-hmm. who are shall I say, a little too adorable, a little too sweet. Yeah. And they're, mm-hmm. they, they hang out with each other and they talk to each other in almost a kind of a code. Tell us about mm-hmm. the bunnies. Yeah, sure. They're Samantha's nightmare. They are like a, a group of girls who are just incredibly close. And they're the different social class in Samantha. They have money. You know, they, they are bonded and she is not bonded to them. She's not part of this group of girls. And they are very, very cute in a way that Samantha finds terrifying. I think that the, that the, that the cuteness that the bunnies have is actually, it, it becomes monstrous as the, as the book kind of goes on. There's like, a, there's like a sinister quality to their cuteness. And it seduces Samantha, 
even though it kind of turns her off at the same time. And I think it has something to do with the fact that they that they are kind of monstrous because I think that that's what that's that's actually what seduces Samantha is their monstrousness. She can't look away, even though she wants to. She just she can't, you know. And she's also, you know, being outside. She just she wants to belong, you know. She's just fundamental desire to belong, even though she doesn't like these girls. And that's something that I think again, it was just like something that I think a lot of people can relate to. It's that, you know, it's that desire to go to the party that you, you know, the desire to go to the party that you have no desire to go to. You just want the invite. You know what I mean? You want to be invited to it, but you don't actually want to go. And the bunnies have three names. They, They call each other bunny, no matter what their real name is. They have real names. And then they have the names that Ava has given to them, which I find incredibly funny. The Duchess, Cupcake, Creepy yeah. Doll and Vignette, would, which are sort of plays on their names, but not like Duchess is an older woman, and she's kind of the yeah. uh, the the doyen, the queen bee of this little group. Yeah, she is. There's a v- kind of a vapid cocktail party for for this yeah. writing program, and That's Ava, long. of course, is bored out of her skull. <laughs> but right. Samantha is approached by the bunnies. Not not only does this gross Ava out, but Samantha apparently is seduced by them. Yeah, she is. Uh, when she goes to this, she goes. She gets an invitation to go to this party, and it's called a smut salon, where the bunnies kind of share their creative work, and then they kind of try to get Samantha to give an offering too. And it's when she gives that offering that she gets she gets drawn in, and it's her choice to go to the party, even though she doesn't want to. She does want to, and she leaves Ava, and that's kind of the beginning of you know that's the inciting incident for the novel, and the it just kind of goes down a really dark, magical road from there. Mm-hmm. Um, that's that's pretty scary for Samantha. Yeah, Ava goes a bit passive-aggressive here because she doesn't want to come out and just get in her friend's face, but on the other hand, she wants her to know how displeased she is with uh, Samantha's choice. Is that is that a fair statement? Oh, yeah. I think there's some, you know, they have a really intense kind of thorny relationship. It's It's incredibly intense, and there's a lot of closeness there, but there are thorns, too, and I think... One of the biggest thorns is, is the fact that Ava is not enough for Samantha. Like, ultimately, even though it's like she's home for Samantha in such a fundamental way, she's still not enough. It, Samantha still wants acceptance and belonging from this this group that she can't stand, you know. And, and it's also a kind of acceptance and belonging that she's craving from the establishment, too, you know, from, from the university, I think, as well. Mm-hmm. Samantha gets a invitation to Cupcake's house. What's Cupcake's real name? I forget. Uh, do you remember offhand? Yeah, it's Caroline. Caroline, that's right. Yeah, I should have written that yeah. down, but I, I neglected to oh, do no. that. Sorry. And any, anyway, she goes to a, a party there with, with the bunnies. And mm-hmm. one of the... Th- <laughs> I wrote this down because it just it, it struck me. Somebody yeah. was talking... I, I guess she was talking about lipstick. And one of the bunnies says, mm-hmm. lipstick is for whores, bunny. Yeah. yeah. Boy, I talk about a judgmental <laughs> quality to these women. My goodness. And yeah, no, I know. It's frightening, isn't it? I mean, it, it, but to me, that's a really terrifying sentence. I, well, I totally um, agree. I wrote it down, yes. And then yeah. there were the bunny stories, and they start uh, talking to each other about, oh, oh, their lives, and Samantha doesn't have much interesting to talk about, so she sort of makes something up about a guy named yeah. Rob Valencia. If I if I tread too heavily on the plot, please let me know. But, no, uh, no, you're fine. Okay, yeah. great. So, Rob Valencia, give us a little bit about that. 
Well, Rob Valencia was her high school crush. And, you know, they were both in a play together where they played husband and wife. And there it was a murder mystery. So they would die together all the time. And Samantha just had this like really intense crush on him when she was in high school. And the bunnies are asking her to tell them a story about something hot. You know, they want like a smutty story because it's a smut salon. So this isn't like this is this is an this is a very erotic moment for Samantha in her youth, dying with Rob Valencia, you know, in rehearsal for like a, a number of months before the play gets put on. But nothing becomes of that desire, you know, that she has for him. I mean, he doesn't he's not interested in her at all. So she goes beyond the actual reality and begins to make this thing up so that she can make an offering, you know, so that she can give them like a, a sexy story, you know, and they're seduced by it. But they also I think that they can tell that she's lying, too. So it's a really weird moment because they're they are they are seduced by her, but they also learn something about her in that moment that gives them some power and that makes her vulnerable so yeah it's a very like kind of pivotal moment in the story where she's just right for getting getting kind of drawn in back in the old days in the late 60s and early 70s somebody once told me that one of the problems with our country now is that the sexual revolution hit the suburbs and they've never been able to deal with it and it occurs to me the bunnies are at least a, a, some kind of a corollary to that to that statement they thrive on smutty stories i mean and that that's what it is it's, it titillates them and you never really know whether it's reaching them or not because they have this kind of hive mind and you know what once yeah. yeah they lose the eye and become the we that kind of a thing and that's right. pretty scary yeah. It's pretty scary. Yeah. I mean, they actually, you know, they're, they make a creative project of their desires and their anxieties also, their collective anxieties around romance also inflect the, the outcome of, the, of these creative projects. They're kind of Frankensteins, you know, off campus, they're creating these, these creatures. And I, I won't say more because I don't want to spoil it, but, Got it. but they, uh, yeah, no, their relationship to their own eroticism, to their own desires, and to their own fears is definitely driving the way that they create these 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 creatures, and all and also the, the the shortcomings, the physical shortcomings of these creatures, and their and their their menace too, because they're quite menacing. So yeah, Samantha gets drawn into into like the world of the bunny's desire. And it's not just their desire as artists, it's their it's their romantic and erotic desires that, that she gets drawn into as well. Oh my. I'd like to remind our listeners that I'm speaking with Mona Awad. Her last name is spelled A W A D. The title of the book is Bunny, and it's published by Viking. Because Samantha's a, a graduate student, she has to attend seminars and workshops and things like that. And there's a workshop with a woman named Ursula, and the nickname that I, I guess it's Ava gave her is Fosco. I wasn't able to figure out what that was all about. What's Fosco come from? Fosco is a villain in a novel by Wilkie Collins called The Women in White. Oh, I actually read that. I forgot all about that. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, he's, he's such a wonderful—he's one of my favorite villains of all and that's not an easy job, you know. There's so much uncertainty attached to creativity and to creative outcomes that the person whose job it is to kind of draw you out and, and make you create is going to have is going to kind of take on a mystique. And so Fosco takes on a mystique. And through Samantha's eyes, 
it's a mystique that's like a little too occult for her for her taste. You know, she's not she's not into that. But mm-hmm. the bunnies love Fosco, of course, and they yes. have a different name for her. You know, it's very telling. Their name is so kind. It's like so sweet. They call her Care Care. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's kind of adorable and very bunny, also, isn't it? So. Yes, exactly. Like adorably creepy. Yes. Care with a K, right? In Samantha's life, something happens. Suddenly, Ava is missing. This is extremely right. disconcerting to to Samantha for many, many reasons. Not the least right. of which is that her her friend is gone. Right. I don't know how much you want to dwell on that, but you want to talk about it a little bit. It's a fundamental conflict in the book. This kind of movement between. Ava, who is a kind of home, a soul's home, her, you know, her true friend, and the bunnies, whose, whose acceptance and belonging she, she, she craves, you know. And whenever she kind of moves towards the bunnies, Ava falls away. And the further, uh, you know, into the world of the bunnies that she enters, the further away Ava moves from her. And then at, at one point in the book, yeah, she does disappear entirely. And it's, it's really harrowing for Samantha because her relationship with the bunnies is very fraught as well. So she's, she finds herself, you know, at a number of times in the novel, quite alone. It's very painful for her. But that being alone in the book is, you know, speaks to the fact that she's just been so conflicted. You know, she can't seem to sit in, in either place. Neither one gives her what she ultimately wants. The, the bunny parties are the scariest part of this book. And Samantha gets invited to another bunny party. And this is a prom night party. Right. Yeah. And again, uh, I don't know how much you want to give up uh, on this. Give us as much as you can on, on this prom night party because this is, this, uh, to me, this is one of the pivotal moments in the book as well. Yeah, this is kind of another big exciting moment where she's kind of she's been a little bit more deeply drawn into the bunnies and oh she's a little distanced from Ava and then the bunnies invite her to this prom this prom night even though they're graduate students they have prom nights they invite her to this and she goes because she and Ava have just had a fight she she's kind of running away from 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 Ava after the argument and she gets this text inviting her to this prom and the prom is where Samantha discovers what the bunnies are doing off campus, it goes kind of carry. You know, it's a little, it's, it goes violent and it's, it's magical. There are, rabbits are involved. <laughs> you know, she meets these boys at, at this prom, these boys that are very attractive, that are speaking very strangely. And one of the boys that she meets is Rob Valencia, who is the, the boy that was her high school crush. She just has shown up magically at this prom. So it's it's a little bit of a setup. I won't say much beyond that, but it's right. definitely a setup. And it's it is you're absolutely right that it's the moment where the book really begins to tilt into kind of onto kind into kind of its like you know down the rabbit hole like kind of path that it goes. The workshops that they have been going to are the authorized workshops of the university, but there's something I call the real workshop that takes place in Kara's attic. Kara is Creepy Doll. I, that's my right. favorite name in the whole book. Yeah. Creepy Doll. Know, uh, <laughs> she reminds... Well, it's, yeah, it perfectly uh, like uh, like captures that, that monstrous cute, you know, that I think the bunnies are. You know, it's like that thing that's like adorable, but but frightening, you know, and, and so, yeah, you just can't stop looking at it for a, a number of reasons. You're, you're kind of fixated. Yeah. You remember the, the first version of the Barbie doll? Have you ever seen pictures of that? 
that had that kind of knowing, almost, I want to say evil, but certainly calculating face. It was nothing like the, you know, the big open cutie pie face that that's what I thought of immediately as the first version of the Barbie doll when I, when you know, I saw I think, the Yeah, I think I have seen it. I actually think I have seen a picture of, of one of those. And you're right. It is. They, they are very terrifying. Like they're just they're just so subtly sinister. It's just something wrong. You know, yeah, I the, love that. Yeah, the eyes are narrowed for one thing. It's, it's kind yes, of amazing. Yes, exactly. The eyes are narrowed. Yeah, no, I have seen I have seen that Barbie. And I think you're absolutely right. There's she, she definitely has a creepy doll quality for sure. <laughs> now, the the bunnies have some odd little habits. They go to a place, the mini cafe, and mm-hmm. they're sugar addicts. They they just uh, yeah. mainline sugar all the time and eating mm-hmm. these kinds of pastries and these kind of cupcakes and things like that. But they've also begun to, uh, as usual, you know, Samantha's drawn into this, but Ava comes to the rescue. You want to talk about that? Samantha has been completely like sucked into the um, sucked into the cult at that point, the clique of the bunnies, and they are actually speaking at that point in the book as one voice. So they've switched from I. Samantha switches from I to we when she's narrating, and the you know she's she's moving and speaking as one with the bunnies. So they're this group. She's part of the entity. And that's that's when Ava comes. It's right then at that moment that Ava comes and, you know, makes an appearance and tries to draw Sam away and kind of, you know, disrupts this union with the bunnies that was, you know, problematic anyway. And, I, you know, it's a, it's a crucial moment because it's the moment where Samantha finds herself once again torn, like truly torn. You know, she's torn from the bunnies, but she's also, you know, some of the damage that she's caused by moving away from Ava is now kind of irreparable. And she has to face that. So yeah, it's a it's a it's a definitely a very big moment in the book in terms of her friendships and in terms of her relationship to 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 both worlds and in terms of her loneliness, you know, which is kind of at the heart of the book and what's what's driving a lot of the plot. Yeah, she's she's disoriented a lot, and there are there yeah. are reasons for that which I won't go into. She finds herself sometimes wandering and and. There's a guy that just shows up, a guy I call the bus guy. He kind of shows up in the, you know, in the peripheries and she sees him here and she sees him there. And then she meets him on the bus. And this right. is a, a yet another pivotal moment in the book. And uh, please tell us a little bit about it without trying, you know, without giving too much away. He's kind of like Ava, this guy. His name is Max. You're right. He kind of shows up a little bit later after Samantha's been engaging for, for a little while with these experiments with the bunnies and when she's been part of this clique, these projects, you know, she sees Max. And and Max, Max is really important to her because he's kind of magical. In some ways, he's kind of like her her avatar because he has a very different relationship with the bunnies and with Ava. You know, he desires Ava and he likes to mess and mess with the bunnies and and kind of manipulate them. So in some ways he's kind of performing Samantha's will and he's, he's kind of performing her, her desires. Also the, the thing that Max meant to me was the ultimate selfishness of the artist that right. everything is subsumed to the to the to the work, including people's feelings, including people's lives. That this is another another manifestation of egomania. That and there's a lot of it in this in, in the book um, uh, among the writing community and the art community at, oh, yeah. at, at Warren University. There is a I won't 
you know, say what it is, but there, there, there is a, a reckoning at the end. And Oh, yeah, no, we definitely cannot go cannot there. Cannot do that, <laughs> right? Absolutely not. I have to, yeah, no way. Yeah. <laughs> That's like the ultimate twist. Right. Uh, but yeah. again, there is finally a graduation and that's that's quite a scene also. The graduation is to me it kind of wrapped everything up not if not in a bow, at least in a messy bundle. First of all, congratulations on creating a book that you never know what the hell is going on through the whole book and that's part of the book's charm, if not most of the book's charm. It's not just that the characters are interesting and not just that the situations are interesting. But you're trying to unravel. I was trying to unravel this thing right up to the the last page, pretty much. It's a rabbit hole kind of kind of narrative. What was fun for me about going down that particular path is that the character, the main character, Samantha, she's got this incredibly overactive imagination, and she is, you know, she's a quintessential art student in a lot of ways. She's being asked to activate her imagination, and she's also feeling vulnerable and lonely. And so those components create a world that she is seeing that is both horrific and it's magical. It's a world where anything is possible and your wildest dreams can come true. But it's also a world in which, you know, you can encounter your true nightmares. You know, we can never fully trust her because she's just living to, to a large extent. She's being asked to live in her head as an artist. So it's a created world. So it's constantly shifting. And, and that, that was, for me, that was the, the greatest joy of, of writing it, was to kind of be in that shifting space where anything was possible, both kind of terrifying and wonderful. You've just come off tour, so I'm pretty sure you're exhausted, and you've been wonderful to do this interview uh, with me, but... Oh, yeah, of course. Are you working on anything now? You got anything in the, in, in the works, as they say? Oh, yeah, yeah. No, I've um, completed a draft of my new novel, which I'm really excited about, and I'm revising it now. So I've had to take a break from it because I've, I've been touring and, you know, and doing the launch and, and, and all of that. But I'm, I'm looking forward to, to, to getting back to it and to going back into that world. Because that's, that's, I mean, that's the true, like, pleasure of, like, of, of being, of, of just creating, you know, is you get to live in a world, you know, another world. And so I'm, I'm excited to return to that world. And that's something I definitely have in common with Samantha. I think Samantha, even though the world that she's living in is kind of terrifying to her, she loves being there. Are we uh, going to remain in the kind of gothic world that you've created for Bunny? Yeah, I think so. You know, I, I, love, I love the gothic. Even my first book, 13 Ways of Looking at a Fat Girl, kind of is interested in that. It's sort of got kind of a more kind of gothic take on on dealing with body image and, and dealing with, you know, kind of the monstrousness of, of, of femininity and, and, and trying to get acceptance when you don't actually know if you even want it, you know? So, so I, think, I think that that's something that I'm interested in, you know, and that will we'll probably continue to, like, inform creative projects. Definitely the next one, for sure. It's, it's kind of a kindred of both books. It's got a little bit of, of 13 Ways because it, it deals to some degree with with you know something that I've I've experienced myself and and then it also has some some magic and and some some more sinister components to it as well. Ah, uh, sinister. We love sinister. It's been wonderfully yeah. wonderful <laughs> talking to you. I've been speaking with Mona Awad. Again, her last name is spelled A W A D. Title of the book is Bunny. Yes, like a cute little bunny rabbit. And it's published by Viking. And when your new book comes out, I certainly hope you'll send me a copy and we can talk again. 
Oh, I will for sure. Thank you so much for talking with me. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. You've been listening to Author, Author, produced at the studios of all classical KQAC-FM in Portland. My name is Ed Goldberg. You can find these programs at our website, allclassical.org slash author. Thank you for listening, and I'll be back soon.